You know, I'm listening to this radio program this morning. Um, first, they was talking about the theft of property. They started off with some bullshit about uh, home invasions. But now the dude, you know, they had, even had somebody from Arizona on there talking uh, about their idea of why people steal and, you know, there's so many robberies. It sounded like there might have been that fucking uh, dude I talked to around here because he's a sheriff or working in the sheriff department. But he, uh, his idea was that, you know, they don't have, they don't have property. They don't hate everybody who has property. And they will... Um, continue to destroy shit home invasion just taking over your property and so much that's a good reason to get away anyway but the thing is he went on about uh how he was raised uh he had conservative teachers raised here who pretty much taught him told him about reagan and uh who the fuck else was this before oh reagan and somebody and, and how they was saying less government, this, that, and the other. And he was, you know, kind of thinking logically something like that But when he was young and then got off and made his money, you know. And they're they talking about these people don't have property, but they um, also say they destroy other people's property. Now, I got to step back at that shit. I'm from the projects. Cool. A lot of us was from the project. A lot of us parents got their first home and moved out of the projects. A lot of them. Hell, project was a stop. It wasn't nowhere to fucking stay. A lot of us ended up staying there a long time because, hell, shit was hard in New Orleans for blacks to find places to live, especially places where they were welcome. I mean, and then, you know, it just shit was out of reach for you in certain areas, and we know that. So, my, I was in the military when my parents bought their home. They talked about that till the day they died. And here it is, this man on the radio talking about people don't want, but everybody I know at least want to own their own home. I don't know too many people who don't want to own a home. And there are those. And I'm one of them now. <laughs> Fucking home. Too big of an attachment. Too big of a fucking strength to you. But that's me. But the thing is, you know, I people move out of homes, out of the project, into their first home, and then it's starting something. But little do they know, government against them. That's the furthest they're going to let them go in that little fucking red line slot where all these other black folks are congregating and they're allowing them to live. And even the people who moving out of those, who making these new suburbs and stuff, the government giving them a motherfucking hand, tax write-off. While at the same time, these people moving into used on. Now, why wouldn't the government take these people from the project first-time homeowners and say, hey, look, we building a community out here. Y'all want to take part in it? They didn't. They didn't invite them. It was some backroom shit done with um, land developers who started the shit, you know. Paradise. Come to paradise. Get away from the city. Get away from the crime. Because crime was a big thing back then. Or they labeled it as a big thing. Because I remember 
reading in the paper when I was kids. I say my daddy used to get the paper all the time. And he'll read the paper, end up with his uh, sports section, laid back on the bed, you know, after he didn't read all the paper. And as he read it, I read the paper. Now, I hung on there. What I saw in the papers were crimes being committed and they're putting the race of the person on it. And the majority of them, if not all of them, were committed by black. Now, were white committed crime? Yes. It wasn't making a paper because that wasn't derogatory news. It wasn't the news that they needed to scare them. But, <clears throat> so they got that picture. Now, they're allowing one by one to move in and infest the neighborhood. People start moving out of the neighborhood before it's too fucking late. I ain't living next to no nigga. Da 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 da. And next thing you know, this the chain. But the government endorsed that shit. The government redlined that shit. Make put a limit to how far these expands of black neighborhoods could go. And any ones that was doing good, the government, you know, when the interstate time came, they ran the fucking interstate right through. So, but at the same time, these people had these new homes getting loans on them, loans that, you know, refinance loans that these uh, black homeowners couldn't get to refinance their home. In the homes they got now is worth more. Now, the, the $10,000 home they bought that they're selling now, they're selling for forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. Depends on the year. That's some fucking money. Oh, yeah, it took them some years to pay it off because that payment was within the economy. They're not going to give them no fucking huge break, but they're going to keep them on the side of, oh, I want to keep doing this because I'm better than them motherfuckers. And they were. That's part of the psychological game in that redlining uh government back taxed and then you know in the neighborhood and then, then, then they're just whipping your ass too because you know they don't stop their insurance is a motherfucker but let's get back to the homeowners and how this cat saying that we didn't want to own a home my biggest dream i remember when I was young in high school, had a girlfriend, me and a man to be on the bus, and we would always pass this house on Mazan Street. A little white house, yellow trim. i never forget this fucking house. And I don't know why she fell in love, but I soon fell in love with the fucking house. And uh, said, we gonna buy that house. We gonna buy that house, but we get mad, da 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 you know, you grow up, and I never forgot the house, and I don't know if she ever forgot it, but we were never able to buy that house. I mean, I had the opportunity to buy a house again, but I walked away from that shit because I just didn't feel right about it. But anyway, that was me at that time. I mean, then we could buy homes, but I was going to have to buy this home in the Lower Ninth Ward or somewhere in Kenna, somewhere in Metairie on the other side of the interstate. You know, it was limited. I could go to... Uh, 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 Press Park, which uh, uh, fucking polluted now. Lake Pontchartrain, you know, was first built as a black community, and uh, but you know, it wasn't for the average black. It was when the doctors and shit decided they needed to move away from them because 
you know, my status. You falling for that fucking game, my status. But they wasn't getting no better tax breaks than, uh, and maybe they were in that group. But I don't believe they got no extraordinary track me. But anyway, the thing is, this guy going on about how he perceived things and he really had no experience with blacks. Now, here we got the host of the show talking about he's gone to a historically black college. And it seems that, you know, you may be wrong. Why even make the fucking comment if you may be wrong? So you're giving an opinion and that opinion is going to spread wide. That, and this is a common uh, uh, stereotype about blacks. We got a chip on our shoulder. <laughs> we got a chip on our shoulder. And around blacks, we don't have a chip around our shoulder. It's around whites that that chip pop up because you know what these motherfuckers capable of. Even though you're in a black environment and they may be white or, you know, light, some other race light, they've got this fucking attitude. And now that he's saying, you know, how did he survive four years in a historically black college? Was he just quiet all the time? Didn't involve himself with anybody? Otherwise, how does he get this opinion that every fucking black has a chip on his shoulder? Now, earlier in their program, he's got this other guy on there, you know, his A-man, his yes-man, who's sitting there and he's saying, um, and it might have even been the host, but they were saying he had... You know, when it got in trouble, wasn't listening when he was young and stuff. And, you know, uh, uh, he was running around. I don't know who this is. It might be a Mexican dude. Running around doing this and that, falling for the old game about, you know, being the victim. I'm being, uh, uh, and I don't know if he was black because he never even said a race. He never even said anything racial other than that he was involved in crime and ended up in jail and he saw that he didn't want this and uh, 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 was able to turn his life around and easily and had looked back. Now, you know, he don't say what he's doing now. He don't say how you turn his life around. He don't say if he had any help turning his life around. But another thing, most important thing, he don't say if he's white. That's a big fucking difference because they, they always give you this game, which they also mentioned on the program, how easily it is to start get something and go with it and stay with it and develop a, a job with it, a career with it. And even when you get out of jail, we know the fuck it ain't. So in order to get property, you got to have a stable job. When have we actually been able to call a fucking job stable? And I mean stable in the sense of the money you're getting paid for. Because when you're living week to week, that motherfucking job ain't stable. You learn how to live week to fucking week. You do it out of fucking lot. A lot of that shit they put on TV, put in front of your eyes, and say, here it is. This is the world. This is what we offer. Come here, $9.99, $16.99. Ba-boom. 
But you let me wait to week. The child want a McDonald's too? That killer shouldn't. You ought to talk to him about that. But anyway, <laughs> you want all of these things, these toys. And I mean, some of these toys, they should have these tablets and stuff because that's the foot into the modern world. I mean, that's the fucking neck of it. So, you got all of this going on, these people were living week to week, fucking poor people, and then they're putting all this shit and saying, you know, just working, you could get it. Now, this guy over here saying he, after he got his life straight, he went on to develop a career, get home and everything else. Boom. Sounds fucking good. Again, don't know what area, because the same thing they did to the fucking Mexican red line, they did to the blacks, and they did to the fucking Indians if they decided to get out there to any racial group. Some of them did it voluntarily. Most like most of them, the Asian I and mean, blacks too, Mexican too, because familiarity breeds comfort. You want to be around the people you know, but you don't want to be told that's where you, only place you could fucking move. And some of us didn't even fucking know because the realtors went along with the shit and only offered you certain shit. You that house you saw on a magazine, this big double. Tall house, beautiful awning and stuff, uh, beautiful artwork. That's not for you. So the realtor never goes to. Even when he mentioned it, you know, it's gonna be some reason why this fucking. Look at what they do with home estimates now. How they estimate a black home lower, right next door to another motherfucking home who worth million of dollars. They're gonna give them five hundred thousand dollar estimate on the value of their home. They're hurting them. So that building of property and wealth. And I heard a dude on the TV the other day got fucking five homes, investment property. Oh, that's cool. That's fucking great. Why can't? Now, he could go anywhere. He could go in a black neighborhood, buy property. And most likely that's what he's doing. Going in depressed neighborhoods, buying property, working on them and renting them out. They're going from $75,000 that he buying for up to $220,000 because he's white. He's getting a high estimate on it. A black going there in the same neighborhood, they were going to $100,000. I, uh, when I went to New Orleans after Katrina, you know, to help rebuild my mother's home now, insurance company is just a fucking ripoff. You know, that's another factor that keep you down, keep you from building that wealth, establishing wealth. Um, insurance companies just fucking outrageous. And it's a law that you got to have this shit. So we got these guys over here. This dude went to this historically black college. So every black, every black, whole majority of them got a chip on their fucking shoulder. <laughs> and again, if you seem to be, see, it's a mask. It's a mask we gotta fucking wear. I mean, and that mask, up and down in an instant. Depends on where we at, who we around. Even some of the most joyous events, wrong people around, a mask go up. You know, but without that mask, when, you know, and that's why I like a camera. And I used to film people in New Orleans doing Mardi Gras and everything else because, oh, fuck, you see the joy in people's face. Now, I'll be on the Claiborne Bridge myself. But 
when they say, and you know, the, even when New Orleans went through Katrina and these people were getting out, they say, refugees. <laughs> what the fuck is a refugee, really? We always heard of refugees coming from Cuba. You know, I mean, they didn't even call the fucking uh, 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 Haitian, Dominican Republicans or the uh, uh, Jamaicans refugees. A refugee was somebody who was fleeing from some type of violent, political violence or catastrophic events. And these people didn't know nothing in the beginning. You know, and that that that's fucking something that always amazed me. They put that tag on it and ran that shit for five days before people start saying something about it. Because even the attitude of the uh, army who went to help for people who just went through a catastrophic event was holding guns on them, was corralling them. So, and these were homeowners, <laughs> half of them not refugees. You say, but New Orleans is full of crime. Of course it is. That's crime left to fester. Knock the neighborhood down. They start selling, going some fucking way else. White folks come back in. Buy the shit little or nothing. Build it up again. And that's what I fucking witnessed when I was down there two years after Katrina to 2011 or 12 or 13. Homeowners, they say we destroy property. Now they're looking at the, uh, they actually started the program out about, and I'm going to leave that shit alone about the fucking uh, chip on the shoulder because I, I think it's, I explained it, it's a fucking mess. I don't care who you are, you know, and, uh, okay, in Ohio, I see, uh, lot of black fucking men. I mean, they go jump across the racial line. Like it ain't. And then, I mean, it ain't shit. You know, they got this attitude up there, this pimp hustle attitude, you know. Get as many women as Donald, Donald Gones. And I hope people know who Donald Gones is. Dauphine. Um... He, uh, Gones was fucking amazing. I shouldn't even touch that because I want to go on and on about him, but I'm going to leave it. But the thing is, these dudes pretty much dropped their gun. And, and nothing wrong with having a white woman, white friends and shit. And usually when we got them, we didn't pick them good or we think we did. You know, but usually in the end, push come the fucking shove and I could walk away from this with my whiteness and get away from any kind of fucking trouble that come upon it. Yeah, I'm taking it and they do <laughs> and we're amazed that they do but then that's how we lose that mass and we don't just lose it with them we keep it down I mean we keep it down and having them races who we walking up to and smiling and joyfully. You know, not eager, but, you know, ain't worrying about shit no more. I got this white friend, white woman with me. I got this whiteness about me. And then it gets slapped down. 
And hardly any of them even hardly notice because it's always such a subtle thing they could do it any way they want to erase and fucking do anything. I mean, it's hateful. So, these guys and guys a lot of places lose that mask and they only get that mask when they're dealing with blacks. <laughs> See how that shit goes backwards now. You know, you put that mask up, that guard up for white folks naturally because you've been warned about them since childhood. And it has been proven a good warning. Now, the theft. I'm gonna leave it alone. So them, you know, that mask, that mask been reversed. So but we do wear masks, and uh, even when we work, and even as a bartender, I wore a mask. Even you know, you know, customer by me, I always had it on. I mean, I didn't fall for no fucking shit. I was different or special because even though they say, "Oh, you're not like the rest," <laughs> I would chuckle and you know, change the subject or whatever because I'm exactly like the rest. I am the rest. <laughs> And it always amazed me because, you know, the people didn't know me, you know, because I, they thought I spoke well, and I didn't think I spoke well. I spoke. I said what was on my mind most of the time, and, you know, got away with a lot of it. I wasn't a hustler. I was just frank. I was just honest uh, about things because it's just too hard to keep telling a lie. I mean, I just couldn't keep track of it. <laughs> being vertical and all that would send me in a stressful spin that's my joint but so I'm gonna leave the mask shit alone go back to this guy been to the historic black college and him talking to this other guy who had been involved in some criminal activity when he was young because he looked at the police a certain way, didn't respect them or anything. And uh, so he got over that and uh, he uh, thrived in the world and he was able to accomplish something, build something. You know, that's all good. And if you don't have any obstacle against you, that's good. Now, I always say I'm the type of person who was, who start over. If I didn't like some shit, I start over. And mostly what I didn't like about it, I wasn't getting the opportunities that I thought I should have been getting. Uh, one of the places I worked in, uh, 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 Phoenix. Now here it is, I come from running kitchen. I'm up here, you know, got the, and they gave this white girl the job, uh, kitchen manager cool because we all were qualified but when she fails drunk on her face you know they give it to no one but I'm ending up doing the job and I did the job for fucking about six months and they didn't want to pay me for it so I left I left that job and went to nothing I was getting good money at the job but fuck you still was using me so there I hit a wall had to start over Ended up going to Black Eyed Peed. Went to Black Eyed Peed, had to like, as a way to start all over making half of what I was making there. Had a house note. I don't think I, I might have had that car note then too. 
The Malibu, I bought a Malibu. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> but I hit a wall, and so I had to start over. So now, though I had been on the road and different things, I had built up a resume that would get me into places. And I'm running kitchens. I'm running restaurants. You know, I mean, and they weren't dives. It was, and I would almost, uh, Pier 57, salmon cooker, right in front of the grab pot, owned by the same people. The man owned the same fucking pier anyway. The whole pier, everything on it, I believe. <laughs> Might rent out a couple of spots. But I worked for uh, that place. I started off as um, a manager. Left uh, Planet Hollywood. Wasn't making no money there. Was working for the school. Working my ass off and wasn't making no money in Seattle to live. Got the job on Pier 57 at the Salmon Cooker. They said, you too qualified. I said, I'm tired of hearing this shit, man. I need a job. Okay, well, we're going to hire you for this amount of money. And, you know, get me about $8 an hour. And they want me to just work. Inspire these kids. Show these kids how to work. Not show them, but work. Set a pattern. Shit, ain't no problem. You just want me to come in here and work and let them see me. Okay, cool. And I did that. And, you know, kids started getting along with me. Most of them, except for the white ones, white ones hated me. It was fucking two of them. Caught them, though. They were thieves. <laughs> it was three of them. Four of them. Sam had to leave. Sam went somewhere else because he couldn't work for me. Couldn't work for a nigga. Because I ended up... uh running that place, Derek and uh, Derek and Derek, I think it was two damn Derricks. Derek and Marvin. Got caught using drugs in the man fucking uh, office upstairs. It wasn't his office, it was Derek's office, but it was a man motherfucking building. And they doing cocaine or some bullshit up there and uh, got busted. Man fired him on the fucking spot. Next thing you know, they ain't Maurice. Um, that was Dan Wilson came to me. We got this spot open. Um, and they didn't want me handling the money, which was cool. I, I mean, we did the registers and stuff. Beyond that, I didn't handle nothing. Didn't make no orders other than to say what I needed, you know, coming up. And I ran the restaurant, but I didn't run it alone. I ran it with these kids. And uh, I left that job simply to go further away from a love lost. <laughs> And do some school and get into, uh, deeper into astronomy. Didn't accomplish too much or none of that. But it was a wall. And I mean, I went down to Seattle and did this. I mean, to Phoenix and did this and uh, ended up with a fucking wall. And I had a home. So there my property go. I'm trying to make it. Barely making it. In the countries. About to go through this fucking uh, savings and loan crisis and bullshit, banking crisis in a couple of years, but I'm suffering now. And all these other motherfuckers got bailed out two years later, and I walk, had ended up walking away from my house uh, two years after Katrina because I just couldn't afford it anymore. I had ended up stopped working because I was on short time, da 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 da. But, and then that's another story the medical side of this fucking inhibitor to wealth 
So, but anyway, they they giving their opinions on what we are. Dude say, oh, well, I don't want no job. I could do better selling drugs or some bullshit. The devil think about who put those drugs there, who allowed those drugs to stay there, because we all know who fucking dealing drugs in these neighborhoods. We do. Police know. We tell the police they don't do fuck. They let that shit fester. Let them fucking destroy the neighborhood. They don't give the addicts no fucking help. Seem like they're aiding the fucking dealers. And we know the government put that. What is it about crack? Now we see the thing about opioids where they're going on and on and on, saving the whole fucking world, getting them back into society, being a productive member of society. That don't go for crack. So that's that wealth too. Because you, if you don't have no wealth and you've got the perfect opportunity, if you fall for the game, you're more help to us. And it's a recruiting tactic, too. And it will recruit your ass, too. And they call it the common good. You work for the common good. I and mean, what is the common good? The common good is the stability of this country as it is, being conservatively democracy a democracy a conserved democracy keep shit the way it is they 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 say no no we don't want to go back to slavery they got it in the constitution but we don't want to go back to slavery but you know after the war we done fucking great and we want that back mm, after the war when they were doing great we were still getting our ass kicked Aim the war, it don't matter. Even Vietnam. <laughs> but the uh, idea of establishing wealth in this company, they give you the illusion that everybody has this opportunity. When, you know, just the sheer thought of that, and, uh, and see, they, what they're saying is, I'm, I'm, I'm claiming to be a victim now. You're fucking right. I've been a victim many fucking times in this fucking country. Ain't no doubt about it. And you're going to make me shame to say I've been a victim? Why? Oh, that fit in that critical race theory. You're going to make me say my ancestors in this country hasn't been victims? Critical race theory. So... With this in mind, you're telling me if I say any time throughout my life, I feel that I've been inhibited in any way, whether it's racial or not, I'm playing victim and I shouldn't play victim. That's what you're saying. And I think that's fucking bullshit because for one, that don't give me no kind of fucking relief, make me crazy in order to go on dealing with this shit every fucking day. And they let the, the person who committed the act feel good and free because he make victims every day. They make victims every fucking day and don't have to worry about it because that's the fucking game. Now, other people can bleed victim. 
let some fucking white girl come up missing. <laughs> you know? The whole fucking country searching for that motherfucker when 20,000 blacks, 20,000 Chicano, Mexican, Indians come up missing every fucking year. I mean, each close to 100,000 people come up missing in this fucking country. And they're telling you about the 108,000 opioid overdose. Exaggerated fucking numbers. Because if the numbers had been add up from the time this shit started, what, 10 years ago? It wouldn't be hardly any young white folks now. And that's what they're trying to say. But crack, they like crack fucking fester. So, in, in the neighborhoods where people were building their wealth with their real estate, with their investment, but their investment sinking in a motherfucking hole of crime. And they got to get out, get what they can. Sort of like the white flight. Now it's the uh, uh, victim flight, but you can't say you're a victim. You just got to move out the shit. You got to face this shit, some shit on a job, doing a job. You know, and some of them stay in and take the shit and let it let that limit be reached. But I was never like that. And a lot of us aren't like that. We'll move. I'm fucking it. I, I know I ain't going to make it. Up. You're doing this soon. It's going to be something worse than it usually is. So it's always a process of starting over. And when we start over, if we don't start over usually at the level we quit or end. We got to start all our fucking way over. So, that building of wealth. Now, they talk about home invasions in the beginning and uh, how these black kids, you know, or these criminals, they didn't say black, but you know, they talk about in California, they talk about black and Chicanos. They are invading homes, going into them. And, you know, they try to pin a lot of it on the Mexicans, the Mexican cartel, the aliens, the immigrants, and different things. I see more immigrants sometimes in human than fucking uh, citizens, U.S. citizens. They work in the fucking farm industry here, feeding this country, and this fucking country hate them. <coughs> but some of them some fucking crazy fucker. Anyway. Uh... They're talking about the building of wealth in this country, you know, and it's uh, for the economy, for the common good, you know, to make this country strong, stable. And at this one time, they opened up all of America to one, but opened up little red shaded areas to some. Um, we got over that. We got used to that. We dealt with it. We're dealing with it. Now we got uh, pro players, uh, people, of, black people of wealth, few of them. And they move away to these neighborhoods that we all said, you know, once I move out the project, I'm going to move here, here. But we was caught in that game of thinking, you know, it's going to be better to move over here, here, here. And, you know, really, unless you're somebody of notoriety, they going to fuck with you. And then the police may fuck with you anyway. See you driving through there in a nice car, get a glimpse of you, see your ass black. Extra Marcella, not Marcella's, uh, uh, the horn player. <laughs> fuck. Oh, God damn. He gonna stop a couple of times. You know, it's a big family with the music in New Orleans. Uh, and, uh, 
in New York, all kind of places. You know, you got admittedly say you know, get stopped all the time because of the ride he have in. <laughs> but so you know, it's always little things you gotta. That's that mask thing too, you know. Because, you know, we ride around, even when we're famous, we think they know us, and then they all don't know us. And then even when they know us, some of them don't like you any fucking way. And they will show you, especially if they got the power to do something. Uh, and that's any fucking way, you know. Anyway, it could be in a restaurant, any motherfucking way. A bathroom attendant, if you're going to one of them up in the restaurant. Because uh, I've worked Didn't <laughs> use them. But. You know, you get this wealth and you move to these different neighborhoods now that, you know, the law that say that we can move to, but really, you know, it's still almost made impossible because uh, the cost is going to cost us to buy a used home. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong, sometimes, you know, and, you know, you would be amazed at all the new homes they build and we still buying old homes. <laughs> You know, you could buy a piece of property in the country now, and a lot of blacks did that. We got a connection to the country and get a home built. Got trees on your land, and be careful because they rip you off. They rip you off all kind of ways, that building of wealth. And uh, and that's everybody. But they not going to tell you about all the shit they're stealing from you. And they're going to steal a little less from them. <laughs> And that's how it worked, you know, inter interracial connections, I guess. But the thing is, we uh, listen to them about building this wealth and how, how, you know, just go ahead on and do the thing. You know, and my daddy always said, you know, you see, you can't make it on the job, leave. Why well, stay there? My daddy was a sensible man even back then, you know, because uh, he had a job he loved, being a bartender at the Cozy and... uh he worked to make money on the uh, on the docks, and he soon became a truck driver on the docks, you know. And he uh, worked for a company, worked for them for years. Did he had this orange and blue truck, tractor trailer, <laughs> old beat up thing? He used to drive that thing every day. That was his car, and uh, that's what he drove. Fucking tractor trailer everywhere. He had a car. We had a car sometimes, but in the project we wasn't building well. We were just barely fucking making it. But my parents, them, they bought that home, and I've seen many people in New Orleans move from the project, buying home, and it was the best fucking thing they could have ever done to change their life. Because uh, for one, it got them out the crime, apparent crime that we don't really notice. We hear about it and everything. We know it makes news, you know. Uh, back in... Uh, uh, the days the police didn't come in there. I mean, not the police didn't come in there left except to fuck with you. And um, the news started coming in there maybe in the 70s, you know, and with uh, crime and different things. And uh, still, you know, ignorant, but not. But everything around desire was falling apart. You know, the value, home values went down. The people bought these home for 40000 Now they work 30, 35, less. And uh, you can't move because you can't make no money. You still got to pay this fucking note and shit. And that wealth bit has been limited. And even your children coming out, they try to help you uh, uh, with your house. You got them a room on the side, maybe do a little something in the back for them. But, you know, it's accumulation of generations in a home now. 
and you know we're getting in the, at each other and nobody could make any money nobody could keep any money but we still stuck in this trap because you got insurance to pay some of the fucking highest insurance in the world because you're living in the crime written area and they do it by law laws passed to allow them to do this that's the insurance business and they cheat the fuck out of you um that wealth is put up is in a harness and it's always pulled back for you because it's harder it's harder and you know it's a oh, you playing victim i am a victim motherfucker <laughs> but i stopped being a victim a long time ago now only time i'm a victim is of your subtle racism I'm a victim of your fucking medical malpractice. I'm a victim of your fucking uh, overpricing. When I go to a store and you overprice me, I'm a victim of your insults. And you know, a, a lot of things. You stare, it's all. Because you think I'm a victim, you're gonna make me another fucking victim. By calling me a motherfucking victim. And not acknowledging that <laughs> truly I am. I had been. And if you want to talk about it, we could talk about it. But you want to come to me with the thing. And just like Steve in the desert. Want to come to me with the thing that every man is able to make it. That's bullshit. Every man is not given the same opportunity. Just because you see a few. Don't mean we all are given the same opportunity. It's not like that in this country. And it's all been proven for the greater good of the stability of some mental state of some kids who are going to grow up and repeat the same fucking thing. Because they're doing it now. They, they, they're being taught that that shit would happen. Don't really matter. That shit had happened has no connection to what's going on today and how they are continually depressing people in order to stay up on the top rung of things and run things in this world not just you know this country this fucking world phenomenal now so the thing is we always uh they want to start off with the crimes of home invasion you know telling you, you know, it's pretty much uh, generalizing, saying that we all are capable of this. If we not striding and, you know, doing the things within the parameters they say we should do things in. Work, go to school, accept this, obey the law. I mean, we do that shit anyway, but we don't get access to Proper education, teacher, law, housing, uh, uh, government. We don't get that. So they're telling you all the time, if you work, you're able to make it. Yeah, but they don't tell you work at what? Didn't Steve, you know, he worked for the fucking government, slipped in a government job after he got out the military. And all was dandy, good and dandy. I tried to do that shit and could not even get in the motherfucking airport in New Orleans. 
it was not fine and dandy for me. So I had to go take another job, bullshit job. Ended up getting a job at the city, driving a fucking truck, delivering shit, big shit. And I mean, I just couldn't do that. My body wasn't made for that. And uh, so, but anyway, that's what you do. And I got in the restaurant business, I was bartender, I did all kind of shit. But, you know, it's always a wall, always something that say, hey, I got to start this motherfucker all over. And, you know, I had no problem with it. I uh, called it economic adjustment. But it was actually running away from some fucking shit. Because, I mean, yeah, I don't, I work for black folks. Terry DeMesme in uh, New Orleans. He fucking ripped you off at the, uh, uh, worked as a security guard at the work building. That motherfucker company went under and, he, and they collected money, but still not paying the employees. Bet you still owe me fucking a month's pay. Um... Shit. He gave me a bad check, too. Fucking, uh, I don't know. I, Moore's opened up a restaurant. Moore's ass had the bar. Me and uh, Joan opened up a restaurant on the back of Moore's. After about a month and saw that shit was doing good, Moore's shut us down and opened that bitch up itself. I'm like, fuck. But we had no contracts. Um, so, I mean... It's not just dealing with whites, though. They have an ulterior motive. And dealing with more, you know, he was, that's after money, a hustler. And now I didn't sign no contract with him. Uh, even when you sign contracts, get jobs and different things, you know, usually you can make a complaint and you're still ass, still fucked up, running off that job. Contract or not, because that's all a fucking application is. And that's all the only way I ever saw them is fucking contracts. And I had rights and you had rights. <laughs> I knew my rights when it came to them contracts. So, uh, home invasion. Who commit home invasion? Anybody who know what the fuck you got. Somebody, uh, usually it's against dealers. Uh, now, they ain't going to hit the dealer house. They're going to hit where that dealer live in his family. Where they don't have no drugs. Go in there and steal all the uh, jewelry, everything they got. Money. You know, he got the cash money buried somewhere in his house. There's no direct connection to any big dealer in his dealing. And, you know, his money and livelihood and life is persona of a clean-cut person on the side. And they got thousands of them like that in this country. <laughs> So, whoever invaded the home knew something was there of value. Not just because of the neighborhood, if it was just because of the neighborhood, because they could have went to any of the homes. Maybe one even closer to the fucking interstate. <laughs> but they want you to say that these just, these just random things and it could happen to you. They don't. Because for one, we know historically criminals ain't going where the police patrol and we know the police patrol in the white neighborhood white area in the suburbs they got more white police at the entrance of these suburbs different places than anywhere they see you soon as you come in there and not with cameras fuck they clocking your ass a mile before you get there oh we got one coming oh he turned 
Oh, no, he didn't turn. He just pulled over. Did something. Okay, back on the road. But the thing is, we are scared. They got us scared. I mean, in, in, in the inner city, we know crime. You know crime. A lot of gangs. Getting robbed by a dope fiend. Even guess getting robbed by some motherfucker. You know? Ain't got no drug habit. Smoke a little weed, drink a little beer maybe. But just a stone cold robber who wants the fucking money. Because he can. Because there's no police out there. Because the people in these inner cities and cowered in under. They went in they fucking. Now back in the day in the project. Shit I'm sure was just as bad. Not killing shit but the, the robbery and none of that you know the more I sit and think about it the more I'm like yeah I'm, I grew up in desire by the time I graduated desire was called a war zone couldn't even get them fucking cab into the place so the robberies that usually committed are against property of course and that's why that's how they want to take shit that's what scare you your property, number one piece of property you think about is your home. So, you're scared somebody's going to come in and invade your home. Now, this guy in California shot the motherfucker. Boom. Killed him. Um, it was two of them, I believe. Shot one, the police found the other one hiding under the home. Now, I remember an incident in New Orleans where the... Uh, young man, I think it was, wasn't even 18 years old, broke into this man's house and he shot him. Fucking died right there. Um, his family always talking about how he was a good boy, this and that and everything. Good boys don't break in people's fucking homes. Another thing, you breaking somebody home, you should know what's likely to happen if that person home and got a fucking gun. Come on. But, you know, he was a good kid. He was not a good kid. He hardly, he hardly ever got to trouble. But see, the thing is, what community starts saying that the man shouldn't have shot the kid. Well, fuck if he shouldn't have. He didn't know there was a kid coming through his fucking window or walking around in his house, in his living room, and he say, stop, motherfucker, and this motherfucker run towards him or away from him or whatever, towards his back room where his children are or wife. Don't matter. He was in the man's fucking home in the dark because that's how them criminals work in the fucking dark. Now, was this just a man selling drugs? No, this was just an opportune crime that they let allow happen because they can't, and, and to tell you the truth, in the area, a lot of whites had to start buying homes and these kids just started busting in their home. Now see, they got insurance and this is a fucking wicked game. They got insurance, these white ones. Them kids start busting in their home and they start stealing Bullshit, if any, beating their ass up and they claim and they claim and they claim and they claim shit ain't even was there. And they come out on top, fix up this, that, and the other, and it happened again. Some of them motherfuckers been around, and some of them just make up shit. Some of the crimes just made up, get their boys or whatever, friend to beat them up, and they start making claims, and that's how they played that game in the world. But this kid did break into the house, just like this man did break into this man house here. Now, could it been a, check, uh, a crime of opportunity? I doubt it. 
But it could have been. And they talking about, you know, in the New Orleans instance, they talking about how the kids shit in the garbage time. We got to do something about the guns. Fuck if we do. And that's where, you know, shit started in the city taking those guns from you and you can't defend yourself. Um, same thing with this thing in California, but they're saying, thank God the guy had a gun. You know, that's what the neighbor's saying on social media. Thank God. Maybe that'll deter the next one. Excuse the fuck out of me. It's okay on this side for whites to shoot somebody who attempt to rob their property. And it's a violent crime because you never know where it's going to lead. You don't know what they got a gun or anything because they're going somewhere they don't know. Or maybe they do. But it's a crime of property and it's a violent crime, they say. So, and, and they got everybody in the fucking country scared. That's what they all talking about. The crime, property, man, these homies, you hear about that? You hear about this? Dude shot 10 people over there because he was in love. But this home invasion, they beat him up, tied him up. I heard one happen over here too. So, and that's all over the country, you know, this uh, crime against property, especially with this uh, shit. I don't even know what's going on in Atlanta. And I heard them commenting about that. And I heard something about a police car being burned in Atlanta or police killed or something. I'm not interested. I hadn't even put on the national news because that's, I'm not, I look at it, don't get me wrong, but I pick my days up for the propaganda. So, These home invasion got people scared. Crime in the city got people scared. Everybody out in the suburbs and everything arming up. They got commercials for it. Your first gun, buy it here. Beck pushing that shit. You know, and again, <laughs> telling you they're getting ready for something. You're being de-armed. And they're arming up for the same reasons. They're saying stop the crime in the city. Take the guns. And in the suburbs, they're saying, stop the crime in the city. Let's arm up. So it's kind of fucked up. And we've fallen for it, thinking that we won't be able to defend ourselves. Now, is everybody in New Orleans a criminal? Fuck no. Fuck no. And we know that. But we know. And we don't know who some of them are because motherfucking robbers stay hidden. <laughs> they ain't going to let you know who they are. You might see them and not even know that the motherfucker robbed you. But then again, you can't put yourself in that position. But then again, put not putting yourself in that position means changing your life. Adapting. It's called survival. But you've got to adapt and survive a certain way, a different way, other than what is common but that at the same time is for the better good because it builds what morale confidence and you always got something to strive for even though you're gonna be held back most of the fucking time or shown how how to strive so back to this crime of property home invasions robberies it's the same thing isn't it it just depends on the type 
instrument they use. Strong arm, gun, pipe, dynamite, airplanes, as they did in Greenwood, Redwood, Springwood, Spring Road. And I mean, it wasn't just black communities they did, did this to. It's a bunch of Asian community. <laughs> Bunch of Asian community they did this to. And you know, I heard this guy, might even be the same guy talking on the radio about reparations and how California was going to pay reparations. And they say, California wasn't even a, don't give a fuck about California, but California wasn't even a part of a, the union when they had slavery. You know? So, and then another motherfucker talking about he was a sharecropper's son. Oh, he made me laugh. And that was, you know, some racist racist shit and you know how they gonna pay and this and that but they know reparations should be in order for the historical financial economic violent wrong the wall that was hit with inhibiting you from building economic prosperity for you and your family. And it, it, you hit a wall and they wouldn't allow it even when you had your own, was off on your own and built it. You weren't allowed to keep it. Some reason came along that they found suit, uh, uh, found it better to destroy a whole community tens of thousands, hundreds of thousand people to get that one little evil person which always proves to be a fallacy anyway. Some made up shit, you know. Um, but those crimes against property have never been addressed and even when they address them, they go, mm, well, we sorry. Oh, we are so sorry. But at the same time, they'll build another motherfucking house on property that they owned. They took that property that these people owned, just walked right into it. People never were compensated for their property or anything. And that's all over the United States. Asia, they put them in a concentration camp. They had us corralled in a concentration camp. <laughs> Projects all over the fucking country. But and those who wouldn't stay in there and behave themselves ended up going to prison. But that building of wealth has never been equal in this company, country and this company. And just the ideal that they say shit like they do and address it in a manner that everyone has had an equal shot. And to say you're victim means you're weak or not worthy of saying something because you're not pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, look, them bootstraps get fucking short and you pull up so much they start popping. <laughs> they break. Shoestrings get old. So, we allow our struggle to be, be defined we allow how we should react 
to be defined. We allow how we define it. How we define it. Remember, we don't we don't call ourselves a victim, but if that's the terminology you want to use, we a victim. And you know, I got to address this because being a victim, it is a, a hour, sixty minutes. Uh, because they always use they say there's a lot of hate in the world and they will acknowledge that just like they will acknowledge there's a lot of uh, uh, inequality in this world country uh, but they always find a rational uh, solution or uh, uh, excuse or scapegoat for it you know and really it's never them but they always always use this motherfucker here Oops, excuse me, I said I wasn't going to curse much. You got to combat hate with love. Now, see, that's easy to say when you got the fucking army and police and everybody else behind your ass when you spreading your love after you done done your violence. And you expect the motherfucker who you committed a crime against to willingly say, okay, yeah, I know you love me, you forgive me. Or you expect us to say, look, I love you, I forgive you. You know, let's do this over. And that's going to stop them. That's going to repair what? You know, love. And they want to quote the Bible, but they never want to quote that Bible, but I and I, tooth for tooth. So there's uh, messages in that dictation and that what we allow. Uh, and we allow it and we think it's okay because we got, what, some blacks in phenomenal positions. Never done nothing for us. As a matter of fact, uh, back in the day, my dad used to say, you know, I, I never went to none of the protests. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, after this, after I got out of the military, this protest was just like fucking crazy. And it was too many whites marching with him. And I just didn't understand that, you know. Who vested these people? Who are they? You know, and they come out there marching. And my dad said, them police. You know, older man, older people always knew more or better. So, them police out there. Don't think the police ain't out there marching with them. Black police, white police, women, men. So, I, uh, after, uh, I got out of the military, you know, I never did get involved in none of them protests or nothing. You know, I looked at them from a distance, you know. I always wanted to be involved, but... Mm, they, they they always ended up arresting, oh, so many. They don't arrest them like they used to. They tear gas ass and set them away. But here's the thing. They used to arrest them, and that's how they had your ass, your picture. You're in the system. They knew who you were. And if you got a little too far out of hand, they knew how to come get you. Now, so we're going back to blacks in these positions did blacks do anything for us in these positions of course of course they did it made it easier to find our ass made it easier so they wouldn't have to go through the trouble of arresting all of us or so many of us at one time doing protests they just threw the tear gas and it was obama he gave everybody telephones so got that into a habit Everybody having a phone, everybody being tinged, everybody got their own IP address, because you got an email with it too, didn't you? 
and that phone came like a computer, and that fucking phone, you could lose service, but you couldn't lose that GPS signal. You could run out of minutes, but you always had it hooked up. For what, 911? GPS signal. Come on. So he gave them the ability to know you were there or not. And they could track your ass. Most phones catch people. So we've had them in big positions. And the thing about those positions, they never do us no good. They always work for the better for the better of the greater fucking good. You know, like this shit going on in Ukraine, it's just fucking throwing money at Ukraine. I mean, fucking billions and billions and billions of dollars. And I look at some of the fucking communities here in this country. Mostly communities of color, some type or another. Some of them poor white community. And they're drawing that money over there. And people saying, huh, we got to stop Russia. And that's all for the greater good. Greater good of fucking what? <laughs> you know, of this Western culture. And uh, gotta have me a sip of coffee. I think sometime that we uh, let let things go because we're just scared to act, scared to acknowledge, scared to even admit that we've been fucking duped and continue to be duped, and we've been bought part of that duping. So. Equality, the ability to earn, the ability to step forward, buy a home, acquire property, use that property to acquire more property, establish wealth, send your children to college and different things. It wasn't. They invented programs for us to go to send our children to college. That also limited uh, uh, where they went to college in this. So uh, a lot of them went to Southern. Southern accepted grants. <laughs> Loans and everything else, I believe. But I don't know. When my friends went to college, I was done with school. I just did not want to, I didn't want to school anymore. And that was just a plain fact, because I just didn't, other than science, math, volleyball, I mean, gym, I, uh, square dancing, we used to do some square dancing. Anyway, I'm getting off track now. Um, I start reminiscing about home again because all of these people who did leave the project, you know, and, uh, yeah, they had some people back there who fucking was comfortable then. Didn't plan on leaving. You know, generation after generation after generation was there. You know, my sister and them, uh, they didn't... Uh, when they they moved, we moved in the project in what fifty six, maybe beginning of fifty seven, six months after I was born. So uh, we stayed there from then. I stayed there till I was eighteen, nineteen years old. I finally left and went in the military. Just made nineteen, but that was home. I mean, so 
uh, mama and daddy raised their children there. And but Melbourne, when they left, I mean, none of the children, none of us moved in the project when we left home. Every did, every moved right down the driveway with Lucy. Or every was just a special case. Oldest son, mama's baby. But uh, he was. He wasn't into wealth. He was into this little hustle game and shit, you know. So he was uh, um, never expected to do anything. But uh, you know, my family did a bunch of them go on their own property, mostly in these red line areas. You know, out in uh, the country, in the trailer. Not bad. It was a nice trailer. I mean, you know, in the area she worked out there. So she got a home close to her home. Uh, Aaron, he's on one side of the uh, night ward around the corner from my parents, my parents' home. Uh, and I used to live in the back of, on, um, fucking street is that? It was last street before you get to St. Bernard Parish that you could go down. Barracks. Uh, Melba, I don't think Melba owned a home. Billy never, Billy owned a home. Billy had a fucking uh, car rack. Bus with a bus or a fucking truck, seven up truck in that uh, bought him a home. I was getting a thousand a month, but and bought him a home. I owned that, bought that home straight out. Uh, Zelda, Karen, I don't see they own nothing. Creighton, that poor fucking sick boy there. He owned one home, his wife owned another home. Uh, so I mean. Home ownership isn't fucking uh, new to black folks. We own home. And actually, they own their home doing Katrina. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch, huh? What they were calling everybody fucking refugees, you know. And uh, But the thing is, what they want to tell you about value, property value, and how to play the game, it's not... A game you're allowed to play. Now you know you might say oh, I'm wrong. They got a lot of money investing money. Okay, maybe they're smart enough to, to to have more control over it now. Look at all the blacks who made money who got ripped off easily, and nothing ever happened because it was okay. But anyway, I'm gonna end this shit now. Seventy minutes on. I ain't never gonna go on this far. I think. But just remember, you know, you listen to that shit they tell you, and oh, I never did finish with the love. You know, all these violent acts they use, uh, whether it's subtle racism or what, they are violent. Uh, they're filled with hate. Sometimes this hate comes from nowhere, but sometimes this hate comes from a long history and habit in this country and it's documented. So, when they say love, throw love in there, there ain't nothing but another shield. That's part of the weaponry. Malcolm say, you talk about slapping me, I'm gonna slap your ass back. That was Martin who talked about he gonna give him another cheek. And now, you know, I never did understand that. And when he won the Nobel Peace Prize, and I admire the man, I love the man, God, Damn, if he just opened up his mouth, I'd 
could close my eye and listen to that and then just be so inspired and motivated. And it's because of him, him and Malcolm, that I've always done what I wanted to do, you know, stood up for myself, whether it was in a work situation, in a, a situation in a job or homes or stores or what have you, hospital, military, don't matter because it's there all over the fucking place. So it was because of them and then because of my standing up so much and opening my mouth so much, I always found I had to move because some of these situations would not have gotten better had I stayed. As a matter of fact, if I'm going to complain about a hospital, why would I stay there? Would not they think my complaint personal? Because they do. Would not they try to hurt me? Because they have. So why would I stay and be, you know, I'm opening my mouth. I'm saying what I got to say, but don't you think I'm going to be stupid enough to stay around. But see, so the thing is, we, it, it's a thing that starts all over. And love, love was never part of that. Love, but I'm supposed to show love. I'm love shows that okay. I've been beat. I've been beat. Yeah, let's start all over. Fuck that noise. Anyway, later. For the greater good.